Jessamel Darbus, you are on the Actors with Issues stage. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you. Yeah, so um, as we just uh, revealed, uh, I did see the show last night. I've got my playbill right here. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but let's go back a bit. So take us back. Uh, when did the acting bug first get you? I think I was bit around the time, like high school, like middle school, high school. I went to performing arts middle school where I was in the drama program. And I was always into the arts, even as a young child in elementary school, I played the flute and I was in the chorus. And my first, the first show I did was Grease. I played cha-cha, <laughs> like I was a 10 year old <laughs> playing cha-cha, but that was, um, that's kind of where it started. But I really, really felt that like, wow, this is home. This is where I need to be. This is what I love to do. Probably around high school, I went to a performing arts high school in South Florida called New World School of the Arts. And um, that's where it really sort of took off for me. And was it, um, so I sort of have a similar story. I'm not sure if, if you were told that I'm an actor as well. Um, yes. Yeah. So uh, similar for me around that time. And I feel like that is such an impressionable time. Like it is very, like once we get bit, you're just like sort of become obsessed. Like I already grew up, you know, a nineties kid loving Disney movies. So musicals very much caught my attention and yeah. things like that. Um, was there like an early maybe performance or production you saw that you were like, that's what I want to do? Oh my goodness. Yes. So in eighth grade, we, for our eighth grade trip, we went to dinner at Planet Hollywood, which was like very exciting. Yeah. And then, but we went and saw a production of Les Mis and it was a mm. tour of Les Mis at the Performing Arts Center in downtown Miami. And I was in tears. I was just like, oh my goodness, who knew a revolution could be so, so <laughs> amazing, right? To watch. Um, it was really, really moving for me. And I was like, oh, I, I there was no going back, especially with musical theater. Yeah. Um, I just loved it so much. Yeah. For me, the first show I saw was sixth grade. I saw Beauty and the Beast on Broadway and was just, oh. I, I was just like, this is magic. This is, <laughs> I, I'm convinced this is magic. Seeing the beast transform right in front of you. You're just like, oh, this yeah. is, you know. <laughs> it's uh yeah theater is such a magical thing um it's still such a, a nerd about it you know you'd think that being in it in an actor and whatnot it's all like stripped away nope <laughs> it's still, I'm right like, there changing. with you I am such a theater nerd I could talk about shows and plays and even tv and film and just the art of the craft and actors like all day all day yeah, so I'm right that's exactly why I started the podcast it was in the very beginning of the pandemic we you know we actors had nothing else to do so I knew folks would want to talk so here we are almost three years in. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And uh, so diving into the issues, given the name of our show, um, what comes to mind as like an obstacle or a hurdle that you have um, dealt with or maybe you're still dealing with that you can uh, shed some light on? Absolutely. I'm going to be quite honest with you. I'm actually dealing with it a little bit now. There's a little bit of imposter syndrome sort of mm. creeping in and sort of not being able to really fully process where I'm at um I think for me for a very long time the narrative has been that um you know I'll I'm just like the shows that I'll get well they'll just be regional or I'll just understudy because I've done understudying before or um a lot of there were a lot of no's I'm gonna be quite honest yeah. like getting here was not easy and I had so many no's so to be in the position of a yes and then in a yes, that's of this magnitude is really hard for me to process right now because I still sort of see myself as this struggling actor who works waiting tables and is eating like, you know, 
cheaply because yeah, I don't have money. enough, right? <laughs> and then I have two kids and it, like I'm juggling all these other different hats. And I, I am honestly, seriously um, had a little bit of imposter syndrome and I'm sort of, sort of reminding myself whenever I can that I'm like, no, you are exactly where I ne- you need to be. You're exactly where you need to be. And, and no one's ever really talked about that as like, what happens when you do it's something that's successful, right? When for so long you haven't had that success. So that's sort of what I'm battling with right now and receiving and accepting where I am. Yeah. It's such a process. I mean, I spoke with um, Patina Miller. She was kind of one of our like first big guests and she was in, I think season one was about to come out of her show on stars, uh, raising, uh, raising Canaan. Raising Katie. Do you know Patina and I? Patina is one of my closest friends. No way. Are you kidding? She, yes. She was in, she we were both each other's bridesmaids. We've both been pregnant pregnant together. Both <laughs> of our daughters are in the same school next year. Like we talk all the time. So her and I were classmates at Carnegie Mellon together. Oh my God. What a small world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've known each wow. other since we were 17. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 I mean, she spoke about, you know, this was her first time, sort of like number one on the call sheet, the lead of a show. And even she had that sort of imposter syndrome and like, well, what if the show doesn't get picked up for season two? What's the next job? I got to, you, yeah. you know, you'd think Tony Award, other Tony nomination, six seasons on a show like Madam Secretary. It just, it never ends. And it's it's crazy how how much that sort of just, it's always in the back of our head. Absolutely. Little, it's just how powerful yeah. your, your beliefs are, right? Mm-hmm. And what you think of yourself, because here I have like proof, like you're in a great show on Broadway alongside Jessica Chastain and yet my brain and emotional self like can't compute <laughs> what's yeah. happening yeah it's it's and yeah it's just such a thing that you know we're always sadly I feel like we're always gonna deal with even people I feel like um who's I think Tom Cruise spoke about it um similarly he's always like that's why he's a producer and ends mm-hmm. up doing being so involved with so many of his films because he's like this has to be great or we can't make another one which is right. It's like, dude, you're Tom Cruise. But, you know, again, it never leaves us no matter what our yeah. sort of status might be. Because, you know, we've seen people rise and fall and we're always kind of scared. Maybe that, that might happen to us on another level, you know? Exactly. It's that, it's that, I know for me that um, cautious optimism, right? Because yeah. it's like, yes, you want to be hopeful, but you also understand the realities of the industry and how fickle it is. And just because you're here right now doesn't necessarily mean you know, that the next gig will be just as great or, you know, will propel you to the next thing. Um, Funny enough, this time last year, I was taking microbiology because I was planning my exit plan Mm. to become a nurse. I was like, I think I'm done with the industry. I'm done with the business. You know, I have two kids. I need to find something more stable. And I was like, all right, I think I'm going to be a nurse. And, you know, but here I'm on Broadway. So it's, again, it's, so up and down, right? It's hard to kind of uh, stay, pr- really need to just focus on staying present and enjoying the moment. But, yeah, you know. I, I try so hard to do that and not focus so much on, you know, the future. It's like, I'll focus like a week from now, a month from now, but not the five-year, 10-year plan. I'm like, nope, I'm going to drive myself insane. I know myself. I'm going to go crazy. Exactly. Exactly. I hear you. Yeah. I mean, I was speaking of a doll's house, um, I mean, I was, Ibsen has been one of my favorite playwrights since college. Um, I read, um, I forget which translation exactly it is of, of A Doll's House and Enemy of the People I saw on Broadway years ago. Uh, it's just such a phenomenal writer and Amy Herzog, I'm such a fan of as well. I mean, what young man 
hasn't done a monologue from 4,000 miles before. Yeah. Like everyone has, all the guys have. Yeah. So, I mean, you sort of spoke on the imposter syndrome, but what other discoveries do you feel that you've maybe made during the rehearsal process and, and since starting previews and opening now? Absolutely. I think the biggest takeaway from, especially working with Jamie Lloyd and working with these actors at this caliber as an artist is sort of knowing that you're enough, right? In the work that you're, you're interesting enough. Jamie in the rehearsal room kept telling us to like simplify, simplify. And as long as you're connected, it's interesting. And there's this big fear of like, is it boring? Am I not doing enough? Are you sure this is interesting? Am I interesting? And they're like, yes, yes. Don't think about that. Don't worry about that. So this willingness to surrender to the work and to trust that if you're emotionally connected to what's happening in this story, that so will everyone else watching. And that, yes, you are interesting enough. You have a wonderful perspective and um, people do want to watch um, want to watch you and see you experience life through a whole different character that that's definitely something I'm um, I feel like in this process I've, I've been able to sort of take with me and I'm still kind of massaging into the to the brain <laughs> to the brain yeah. waves yeah it's just so intimate like you said it's like you I, I totally understand that you fear like is this interesting it's like you know you'll be miked people will hear you you know, it doesn't have to be sort of that larger than life play to the back row. It's like, nope, people can hear you. They can see you mm-hmm. because I just love how intimate it is. You know, there's no lavish sets or flashy costumes. It's there's all no about the text and the right. performance. Right, props to hide behind or like some fancy costume to play with. It's mm-hmm. really a vulnerable, the work that's being yeah. done up there. Yeah. Yeah, that was my next question. Did you find it challenging being on that level of vulnerability or were you just like super game to like dive right into it? I'm game. (laughs) (laughs) It's interesting. I'm able to sort of kind of put on two different sides of myself, right? There's this side that internally is freaking out, but it is able to sort of mask it with like, all right, well, let's go. We got to jump in because once the train starts moving and it doesn't stop, you just have to invest fully. So I felt like I was definitely came for it. I also feel that because I had worked on Betrayal, I was uh, mm-hmm. understudy Betrayal, which was done in 2019. I was already familiar with Jamie's work and familiar with his style and what he asks of his actors to do. But I think um, had I not been familiar, it would probably be really scary yeah. and I'd be terrified. <laughs> Um, with betrayal, were you? Did you go on at any point during the production? I, yeah, no. Unfortunately, I did not get to go on, mm. but I was able to work really closely with Jamie's associate director. His name is John Glue, who's also the associate director for this production, and do the show. You know, in understudy rehearsals, you meet once a week and and you run the show and you do it in mm. costumes and you do it in time with all the cues. So I was definitely prepared. But more than anything, even if I didn't get the opportunity to go on, I was just so grateful to be there and learn from these master actors, you know, Zowie Ashton, Tom Hiddleston, Charlie Cox. They're so incredible at what they do. And it was a masterclass for me every night, every night that I watched as an understudy, even listening to it in my dressing room. And I looked at like 
like sort of an extension to my acting training. You know, here I got the opportunity to get paid <laughs> training my craft and training the craft. So it was a really, really amazing experience. So um, because you were involved with that other production, um, were you approached this time around? Or did you, how, what was that whole process like, like becoming involved? Yeah, so I was doing an offer. I had to audition. Mm -hmm. I auditioned. I had to send in a tape. I sent in the tape. And um, I sort of got heard of the production happening through John Glue, through the associate. And we, he was actually here in town working on a reading. We went out to eat. And he's like, you know, John, you know Jamie's doing this production. I think he'd be really great for one of the roles. And, I, and immediately my brain went to, oh, I'll understudy. I will understudy. I'm happy mm -hmm. to understudy. And John was like, no, 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 like, let's get you on the stage. And I was like, mm, okay, sure, John, <laughs> let's see if that happens. And I, uh, I sent in the tape and then three weeks later, I had a call back and it's sort of in the back of my head, you know, especially after the audition, I was like, I know I did great work. I'm really proud of what I did, but given who was leading the show, given that it was starring Jessica, I was like, they're going to go with someone shinier. They're going to hire someone who's a bigger name, more credits, probably has an Emmy. If anything, I will be so fortunate and lucky to get the understudy. Mm. And I didn't. And I got the role. And if you want to talk about imposter syndrome, the first thing that came out of my mouth when I spoke to my reps and they told me, I was like, are they sure? <laughs> are they sure? <laughs> right? Because in my mind, I couldn't even fathom, again, the narrative changing and someone willing to take a chance on someone who nobody knows, nobody knows me, right? So um, I'm really, really happy it went that way and it, it went in my favor. And in addition to acting, you also um, are an assistant professor at, at Marymount. Um, yeah. I had a few friends who went there uh, years ago. I don't think you would know them at this point. Um, but I'm curious with your students, is there anything that you bring to light about this career and the pursuit of a career in the arts um, that maybe they weren't aware of? Sort of, Absolutely. Yeah. I I love letting my students know that, you know, if there's other things that you're interested outside of the field to pursue those things, that mm. it's not all or nothing. I think there has been a school of thought where people will say, if there's anything else you want to do other than this, go do that. Because this industry is just so hard and so cutthroat, et cetera. And I like to stress that, no, if there's something else that you do want to do, go and do that too. It's not like mutually exclusive. You can pursue a career in the arts as well as um, other things that bring you joy. That I think is something that I wish I was told, right? It's not really all or nothing. You can pursue more than one passion. Um, I sort of stumbled into the journalism industry. I did not go to school for it, but I've been... Uh, working for this uh you know writing for this website now for six years and now do a separate podcast for them as well and you know people ask like oh like are you not acting anymore I'm like no I still have like an agent and manager and I still audition it's just I like to do this too and it keeps the lights on it's better than you know I would not go back to my minimum wage job at a gym <laughs> instead I get to speak with actors you know and it's been such a joy and brings me joy yes it's work but it's still something that you know I'm so passionate about yeah. yeah. And you were able to graduate with life skills. Like I didn't even really know how to write a cover letter coming out of graduate, you know, college. I went to a conservatory and all we did was focus on the theater. I knew how to like make a 32 bar cut of a song. Right. <laughs> I didn't really know how to do 
you know, a cover letter. So I think it's so important to develop other skills that can then aid you in pursuing the profession and not going broke because the reality is that, you know, a large percentage of us have date jobs. I spent the bulk of my career and still am was most of it was serving tables, which I'm so grateful for and working in like so many restaurants. And then I transitioned into teaching where I was like, I can't do the restaurants anymore. Let me look into this other direction where I'm still in the field and still in the arts and doing what I like, but as an educator. Yeah. And uh, I'm curious because you sort of uh, mentioned that, you know, lots of actors do go to conservatories and sort of just eat, sleep and breathe the arts. Um, Is there anything that you feel that maybe isn't taught in that setting that should be something that was missed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think... And I actually got this from Arion, who's on Succession. He plays Torvald. And we were talking about it. And I completely agree with him that in school, you can get all the training you want. But to really have a full career, you're not taught tenacity. You're not taught resilience. You're not taught grit. You're Mm. not taught what it means to really hustle and go after this. And that is something that you you learn in the real world, in the doing, or you inherently have it in you enough. And not, not everyone has that. You said uh, real world. And I just remembered that last moment in in the show where that it's funny with uh, you mentioned the audience. We were very vocal <laughs> last night. And oh, my God, during, it was amazing last night. <laughs> during that They're moment, vocal. there was a huge laugh. And I was sort of confused. Like, why are they laughing? And I don't find it particularly funny, but then it's just jarring. And yeah. then this like roar of applause, like she's literally stepping out into the fourth wall shattered. Like just, it was so impactful. You know, it's just, again, congrats on like such a phenomenal show. Like I- Thank you. Thank just you so much. So floored. Yeah. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. It's such a gift to be a part of it. And, and to see Nora walking out into the streets of New York City yeah. like, to find herself. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, our our last question is uh, always in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Mm -hmm. I would say it's, it's a, it's a combination of two, right? Know that you're enough. It's four and know your worth. I think in an industry where we really rely on so much validation and other people to tell us that we're worthy all right, worthy of a job or good enough as actors in any field, you have to know your worth and your value for yourself. Awesome. Jessamon, thank you so much for, for taking the time to chat with us today. Absolutely. So great t- talking with you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And um, on a social media, Instagram, anywhere, if our fans want to give you a follow, where can they find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram at D. D as in dog. Um, also, just smell Darboos will pop up as well. Yeah. Awesome. And folks, you know the drill. You can follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juaniel Official and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts for new episodes every Monday and bonus episodes throughout the week. And go to the Hudson Theater and see A Doll's House on Broadway right now through June 10th. Is that the end of the run? June 11th. June 11th. June 11th. Off by one day. Sunday. Don't <laughs> worry. Which is crazy because that's Tony Sunday. So we'll have our you guys close on Tony Sunday. Yes. Wow. What an we after party. Do. I mean, <laughs> so, oh, let's see what that after party is going to look like. Hopefully we're all <laughs> going to the Tonys. Fingers mm-hmm. crossed. But 
if we get to celebrate from a bar, that's all great too. <laughs> awesome. Well, folks, thank you so much for tuning in and for listening or watching if you're watching on our YouTube channel. I'm Juaniala. This is Actors with Issues and we'll see you next week.